0: It's so good to be with you. It's good to see friends and people that I had not seen for a while. But it's uh, good to be back in this part of town. And yes, I did go to the fish market and (laughs) eat lunch. And we had a good time there. And uh, your pastor went also. And uh, we had a good time. Bill and I uh, enjoyed coming down. And we're enjoying being here. And we drove by. Gardendale's First Baptist Church, and we drove by where Donna and I used to live, and uh, we're just honored to have you. Uh, I'm not acting like this is Bellevue. I'm sorry. I'm glad to be here, all right? (laughs) You know, some things just get on autopilot yesterday, and yes, yesterday was Sunday, you know, so I'm sorry. Uh, Donna's doing great. I've had a lot of you ask, and if you don't know about my wife, she's doing a great job. Uh, We just had a big women's uh, ministry conference over the week. Dana, uh, Bill's wife, is the leader of our women's ministry, and Donna is one of the speakers in that, and uh, had a great uh, outpouring of the Lord there. And uh, I'm grateful she couldn't come tonight. And I've told somebody uh, tonight, I said, you know, my wife is such a good speaker. Now, please don't get mad at me, all right? But if we were Methodist, I'd be the associate pastor, all right? So so I don't want any letters about that. I'm not mad at the Methodists, I love John Wesley, all right, so don't, please don't go there with me. Uh, it's just good to be back, and, and we thank you so much. We are going to uh, hang around, talk with people, but then we're going to drive back tonight. And so Bill and I came, and we, we enjoy each other. He's been my best friend for over 30 years, and uh, he's doing a great job. He's over, think about this, he's over prayer, evangelism, and discipleship at Bellevue. And so, uh, the devil doesn't like him a bit. So, uh, I guess about three or four months ago, four months ago, uh, Don and I had signed up to take a group from Bellevue to Germany, to the Oberammergau passion play. It was supposed to take place in 2020, but because of COVID, it got postponed a year and then another year. And what it is, uh, about 400 years ago in Oberammergau, Germany, uh, they had a severe plague, and they were praying. People were dying left and right, and they were praying. And finally, they just said, Lord Jesus, if you will stop this plague, we will have a passion play every 10 years until you come back. And so for 400 years, every decade, they've had a tremendous... Uh, passion play and so we took 40 people over there to see it. And so Donna and I were over there and we had never, we'd been you know, on Journeys of Paul trip a couple of times and we'd been to Italy, primarily to Rome and we just thought you know this would be a great time just to, you know we've already got over there and Mark Blair was going to bring the people back and so we said let's just stay, we've never gone to Tuscany, you know I've always heard about Tuscany hey look at me, it's a cool place alright, it's country and I'm I'm country too so We went, and one day there's there's a purpose for this story, all right. But anyway, one day uh, I was out walking, and I was walking, and it was a gravel road out by where we were staying, and I was looking as far as I could see to the right, and there were grape vines, and they they were growing grapes, obviously for wine or whatever, which I still don't drink, all right. So don't (laughs) worry about that. But uh, and then all these beautiful trees, olive trees big, huge, fat doves. They were not pigeons. They were doves. I wished I had my shotgun. I'm telling you, I could have (laughs) torn those things up. But um, I really felt like I'd been preaching through the book of Isaiah at the beginning of the year. And I just felt in my heart, the Lord say, I want you to stop Isaiah and I want you to preach on spiritual warfare Well, I don't know about you, but I mean, I believe in spiritual warfare, but, uh, I know that every time I've ever preached on spiritual warfare, I've experienced spiritual warfare. All right. (laughs) And so, you know, I, uh, thought, Lord, you know, a whole series I've never, I've done a little bit of that, but Lord, the whole series. Yeah. And so yesterday I finished my 13th sermon on spiritual warfare and I felt in my heart that that was the end of what i was supposed to do with that and uh i've had a few people ask you you know can we listen to it? everything we've got free so it's all on youtube and all of that's on our website and whatnot but i i ended it with this sermon and i wanted to share it with you tonight because i believe that the war we are in in america is not a political war it's not a race war it's a spiritual war And, you know, if you don't fight it spiritually, there's going to be no winning. So let me just talk to you just for a little bit tonight. Now, this is going to blow some of you away what I'm about to say here. This is the title of my sermon. Overcoming demonic spirits through prayer. Say that with me. Overcoming demonic spirits through prayer. God is real. God is spirit. And he is truth. And the devil is real. The devil is a created angel who rebelled and one third of the angels fell with him. And that's where the demons and the evil spirits come from in the Bible. And most Christians today that I see live as though none of that is real. They don't believe really in the spirit realm. They don't really believe in the, oh, they might believe in angels, you know, and that. Oh, God, give us your angels around us. They might believe in that. But they don't believe that if you're a Christian that demons will have anything to do with you. They don't believe that evil spirits will come after you. They don't believe that evil spirits will come after a church. They don't believe that demonic spirits will come after a Christian. They say, I'm saved. Uh, you know, the blood of Jesus is on me. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Demons can't harass me. Wrong. Demons harass Jesus. Who do you think you are? demons. Hey, Randall, how are you doing, man? My son's married to their daughter. Hey, Jeannie, how y'all doing? Good to see y'all. Yeah. Good to see you, buddy. All right. Don't leave. I want to talk to you before we go. Okay, great. Okay, good. All right. All right, you probably don't, don't, you probably wish I didn't. I was talking about demons, and I said, hey, Randall, (laughs) I? got to go hug his neck now, all right? So anyway, (laughs) how you doing, man? Good to see you, buddy. All right. Hey, Jeannie, how are you doing? Good to see you. All right. That's all that right now. I'll get with them later. All right. Good. But But I'm serious. I mean, demons are real, evil spirits are real. And they will harass you and they will bother you and they will mess with you if you're living for Jesus. If they're not harassing you, that really means that maybe you're too comfortable in your walk with the Lord and you're not making any troublesome things for them through your prayers. And so I, I just started reading the Bible, and it's all over the Bible. I mean, uh, demonic spirits and evil spirits and all that. And so I, I believe in it, and I believe that if we will just realize, that, as I'm going to share with you a little bit later, the, the prince of darkness, Grim, we tremble not for him. Amen. You don't have to be afraid of any demon or the devil himself. Greater is Jesus who is in you than he that is in the world. And you have all the authority there is to have over a demon in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the Word of God, and the Spirit of God. You don't have to fear any demons. The only one we're going to fear, because fear is reverence, is it not? Fear is reverence. So the only one we're going to revere and fear is the Lord God. Amen? And you speak the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, the devil has no opportunity to do anything from then on out. Yeah. So, let me share with you what the Bible says about overcoming demonic spirits through prayer. Our church, and Gardendale as well, and other churches, we want to be missionary churches. We want to be not just winning people to the Lord here, but we want to be going out and winning people to the Lord at other places. Paul and Silas were on a missionary journey and joining them, uh, they picked up Timothy along the way and Luke was with them. Luke, I believe, was the only Gentile to write any scripture. All the others were Jews that had been saved. But uh, Luke was with them on this missionary journey. And they went to the city of Philippi. And what they would do, their norm was this. They would go into a city, try to find a Jewish synagogue. And when they would find a Jewish synagogue, they would come in, and they were honored as rabbis, teachers. And so they would teach, and they would start teaching. If you're looking for the Christ, we know who He is. His name is Jesus. And they'd start going right down the line, talking about Jesus. And normally, one of two things happened. Uh, either they would embrace it as a whole or there would be a riot or both. All right. <laughs> so, I mean, how many times do you read in the Bible? Paul is running out of town, but behind he left a church. And what happened is a lot of the Jews they were looking for the Messiah and they said, well, you know, really, yes, we believe that Jesus fits all the criterion in all the Old Testament prophecies and all that. So some of them would believe and a lot of the the Gentiles who would come to the Jewish synagogue just to hear about God, even they would get saved. And so when Paul would leave town he would leave a church behind and they would grow. That's what he did in every place he went. There would be revival and or a riot, all right? And so that's what Paul did. So he goes to Philippi. He knows he's supposed to go there. The Holy Spirit has said, go there. And he goes there, and there's no synagogue. But he finds a group, a small group of Jews down by a stream who have a place of prayer. That's what they call it, a place of prayer. And so he goes there, shares the gospel, and man alive did God Lydia got saved, and her whole family got saved, and they all got baptized, and she was a wealthy lady. She said, hey, come on in my house, use it as your headquarters. And that's where we pick up in Acts 16, verse 16, all right? Let's look that, at that with you, please. First thing I will say is, is this, praying Christians attract demonic activity. I'm telling you, the devil doesn't have to fool around with people that don't pray. It's the praying people that he's being hurt by. And so praying Christians attract demonic activity. Look at verse 16. One day as we were going to the place of what? Say it out loud. Prayer. Prayer. Now that's where they're going. They're going to the place of prayer. And by the way, I hope you have a place of prayer. I have a place of prayer at our house, right in front of my little um, fireplace there. We met a slave girl who had a spirit, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. Paul and his friends were going to the place of prayer where the Jews met And as they walked to the place of prayer, a female slave started following them. She was a slave in two ways. She was a slave spiritually to the devil and a slave physically to her owners. All right. So she was enslaved and she had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. And that, that phrase there is a long drawn out thing in the new living. It simply is a spirit of divination. She had a spirit, literally, of Python. That's what it was. And Python was symbolic in the Greek culture of the god Apollo, who was the one that was able to predict the future or do fortune-telling or be a diviner, all right? And let me say this to you. That stuff is going on today in Alabama and Tennessee and everybody, and don't mess with it. Don't watch that kind of stuff on television, divination, and witchcraft is real. The occult is real, and Hollywood's making a fortune off of it. And what they are trying to say is, it's so scary, there's nothing you can do about it. I'll tell you what we can do about it. We can say, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to be afraid of it. Amen? Amen? But I'm not going to go see those movies, and I'm not going to mess around with it. So, according to the Greeks, that's what was going on. So, this slave woman's owner used her to predict the future, and they were making all kinds. Of the Greeks wouldn't even go to war unless they consulted the diviners. Neither would the Romans. And the Roman emperors would not make any decision before they consulted the diviners. They, they they used this witchcraft in their daily lives. And so here she is, a woman with a spirit of divination, a pneuma python, and she attaches herself to the apostle Paul. Man, can you imagine that? I mean, if she was trying to keep the demons, she'd have made a big mistake, amen. 17, verse 17, she followed Paul, and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God, and they've come to tell you how to be saved. And there's nothing wrong with what she said. She, everything she said was true. They were. These men were servants of the Most High God. They did come to tell people how to be saved. The content is not the problem. The way she was doing it was the problem. She was shouting, and she was doing it over and over And over and over, it'd be like right now, somebody stood up while I'm trying to preach and they start shouting the 23rd Psalm. Well, after about the fourth time, I think that would get annoying, all right? So that's what's going on here. She's annoying everybody. And when the demonized girl showed up, when did she show up? As they were going down to the place of prayer. Thank you go to Acts chapter 3 sometime you don't have to turn there but in Acts chapter 3 Peter and John went to pray and there's this lame man there he'd never walked and he's held out held out his uh, little bucket or whatever trying to get some alms his hand and you know what Peter said I don't have any money I, I don't have but, but I don't have any silver I don't have a gold but in the name of Jesus rise up and walk and he walked and for the first time you see lame people couldn't go into the temple and so for the first time in his life he goes into the temple and he's walking and he leaves don't you like it when somebody gets saved and they don't know how to act in church amen don't you love that they come in, yes praise god and everybody's going what's wrong with him he got saved and so this guy's just doing cartwheels around everybody you know and Peter and John just laughing and having a great time and they come out and the crowd gathers and they say that's the guy that used to beg and Peter preaches and he gives the invitation people got saved and then Peter got arrested chapter 4 and they take him before the sanhedrin the big you know group of guys and so they're there before all the judges and they said stop preaching in the name of Jesus we cannot not we will not. We cannot stop speaking of what we have seen. We've seen too much. We've heard too much, and we're not going to shut up about Jesus. Can I get a witness out there with anybody today? Amen. We've heard too much. We've seen too much. We're not shutting up about Jesus. And the Bible says in Acts four thirty one. Now Peter and John went to pray, and they saw had the problems. Well, they're going to pray again. The Bible says in Acts 4.31, And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. How many of you want this place to be shaken? Anybody want that? Some of you don't. <laughs> the place where they had gathered was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak the Word of God with boldness. Their prayers stirred up d- demonic activity because they kept praying. God gave them victory. What good is a prayerless church? What good is a prayerless preacher? What good is a prayerless deacon? What good is a prayerless choir singer? What good is a prayerless soloist? What good is a prayer, prayerless tither? What good is a prayerless Christian? What good is a prayerless church? Is it even a church if it's prayerless Jesus said, My house, he's quoting Isaiah, shall be called a, say it with me, house of prayer. No prayer, no anointing from the Holy Ghost. No anointing from the Holy Ghost, no power. No power, no advancement of the kingdom of God. Nobody's going to get saved in a powerless church, and there's a powerless church when there's a prayerless church. We need to get back to the basics. Spiritual activity begets spiritual activity. When you start praying, God's going to show up, and so will the devil. But you know what? Greater is Jesus than the devil. I want the Lord to show up. Praying Christians attract demonic activities. Second, praying Christians take authority over demonic spirits. Praying Christians take authority over demonic spirits. I'll let you uh, write that down very quickly. We have authority in the name of Jesus Over demonic spirits. A Christian who has been saved five seconds. Has authority over the devil himself. In the name of Jesus. This the Bible says in verse 18. Went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated. That he turned and said to the demon. He didn't talk to the woman. He talked to the demon in the woman. Within her. I command you. In the name of Jesus Christ. To come out of her. And instantly it left her. Again, what she was shouting was all true. They were servants of the Most High God. They'd come to tell people how to be saved. All that's sort true, of, but she kept on and on and on, and Paul got exasperated. paneo. and it, it reminds me of when I was growing up, and Papa would say, I've had alls I can stands, I can't stands no more. Papa was a great theologian, wasn't he? Yeah. And he drank his spinach and he whipped Brutus. All right? Well, I don't know about all that. But I know one thing. Paul didn't rebuke a woman. Paul looked beyond the woman at the spirit realm and said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her and you look at me. That demon had no option, not because of Paul. Paul's just a little bitty instrument, but the name of Jesus. Oh, the name of Jesus. Have you ever been awakened at three o'clock in the morning? Anybody out there? Raise your hand. Anybody ever been awakened at three o'clock in fear? I'm talking about. Did you know that the Satanists and many of the people in the occult pray from midnight until three and they unleash their curses. That's when they do it at three o'clock. You say, you've lost your mind. No, I'm in my right mind. If that ever happens to you, God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. All you have to do you don't even, ha- you don't have to yell at a demon. They're not deaf. All you have to do is say, in the name of Jesus, I'm not, I don't, God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound of mine. Just let it go and go back to bed. Unless the Lord wants you to get up and pray, that's fine. Said to the demon, I command you, come out of her. Martin Luther, I told you about him a while ago. He was a Catholic monk who defected from the Roman Catholic Church, and 515 um, years ago, no, 505 years ago, he nailed his famous 95 Thesis on the castle church at Wittenberg, Germany, started the Protestant Reformation. And Luther rejected the idea that the church or a pope or a priest could save you. A church can't save anybody. A preacher can't save anybody, a deacon can't save anybody, a teacher can't save anybody, a priest can't save anybody, and a pope can't save anybody. Only Jesus can save somebody, all right? And so this man was taking a lot of heat. But during the midst of that he found the joy of the Lord so strong in him he started writing hymns as well. Great theologian, great preacher, very bold man married a woman that at one time had been a nun but she came to see the light as well that the church can't save you. The Roman Catholic Church is not the church. The church can't save you. The Pope can't save you and all that. So they came to the Lord and Luther experienced tremendous spiritual warfare. Can you imagine how much the devil hated him? But he wrote these words, and though this world with devils filled, do you hear what He said, There are demons all over this world. We don't think they're anywhere, and he thought they were everywhere, and I agree with him. They hadn't gone anywhere. There are multiple, multiple, multiple angels, and for every two angels, there's one demon because one-third of them defected and fell with Satan. Though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear. We will not fear. Say that with me. We will not fear. Why? Because God has willed. His truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim. We tremble not for him. His rage we shall endure. For lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fail him. You know what that word is? Jesus. Say it with me. Jesus. That's all you have to say. And the devil trembles. He trembles at the name of Jesus. You can take authority over demonic spirits. There's nothing weird about that. It's what you're supposed to do. The Bible says the name above all names is Jesus. Philippians 2, 9 through 11, for this reason God highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow. Not just a few, but every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can we just give God praise right now for that? Amen. Amen. Praying Christians can take authority over demonic spirits. Number three, praying Christians face demonic persecution. Now look at verses 19 through 24. God allowed these great men of God to take authority over demonic spirits, and yet they were imprisoned by human beings who were a lot weaker than demonic spirits. Why? I'll show you in a minute. Look at verse 19. Her masters hopes of wealth were now shattered. Long gone. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. Her masters didn't care about this woman's health. They cared about their wealth. That's all they cared about. And all that's gone. And they weren't glad that the demons were gone. They were mad because their money was gone. They didn't care about the woman. They abused her. They used her. So they grabbed Paul, Silas, dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace, stirred up the whole crowd, Verse 20, the whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. See, this is a Gentile area. First, they're putting down the Jews. That was very popular to do in that area. And then they shouted this to the city officials. And they're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. They were acting like they were loyal to Rome, but they're just trying to get these guys in trouble. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. The city officials ordered them stripped. Can you imagine that? I know, we think, well, they just went down. No, they were stripped. They were humiliated. And they were beaten with wooden rods. Severely beaten, verse 23. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. All these accusations against them were phony. They served the evil purposes of the owners of this woman who had been set free. Thrown into prison, that means harsh treatment. That's exactly what they they were thrown. It was a, a violent, harsh experiment, experience. They were persecuted for casting out a demon. That's why they were persecuted. And they were sent by the, this is, this is descriptive of maximum security prison. Praying Christians faced demonic persecution. Now why does that surprise us when Jesus said, if you follow me, if you really follow me, the world is going to hate you. He said in Matthew 10, behold I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents, innocent as doves. Beware of men. They'll hand you over to the courts. Oh, they're going to scourge you. They're going to scourge you in their synagogues and you'll even be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when you hand, they hand you over. Don't worry. How about that? Isn't that awesome? I'll amen myself if you want. Amen. I I was preaching in a country church one time. Nobody was saying anything. I was Preaching good stuff, you know, and I, I was just moving on through there. And they would, I, I just went down and ran. I said, amen, and came back up and started preaching again. Amen. I'll do it again if I have to. All right. <laughs> for it's not you who speaks, but when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you are to say, for it will be given to you in that hour what you are to say, for it's not you who speaks, but it's the spirit of your father who speaks within you. Brother will betray brother to death. The father, his child, children will rise up against parents, cause them to be put to death. And you'll be hated by all because of my what? Say it out loud. Name. There's the name. But it's the one who endures to the end who will be saved because that's proving that you're really saved. But whenever they persecute you in one city, flee to the next. Truly I say to you, you won't finish going through the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes. If you want it easy, if you want a peaceful life, don't follow Jesus. okay? If you want a meaningful, abundant life, follow Jesus. Don't be alarmed when people laugh at you when you won't drink alcohol. Don't be surprised when you don't get invited to certain parties because they think you're a prude. Don't be surprised when the world hates you because you believe marriage is one man and one woman and that's it. Don't be surprised when they get mad at you when you believe that gender is assigned by God at conception. At conception. (laughs) Don't be surprised when they hate you because you believe the Bible. Don't be surprised when you're not politically correct. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Ye soldiers of the cross, lift high his royal banner. It must not suffer loss. I'd rather stand for the truth and stand with God than to stand for a lie and slither on my belly with the devil. Praying Christians face demonic persecution. Number four. You say, how many points are there? Don't worry about it. Praying Christians defeat demonic persecution. Look at verses 25 and 26. Around midnight. It sounds like a country music song, doesn't it? Well, it's midnight. All right. Paul and Silas were doing what? Say it out loud. Praying. Praying. You, can't, you can't make these guys stop. They're in jail, Richard. I mean, they've got their they've got their hands in these stocks. And hey, uh, Silas, why don't we pray? We're kind of bent over anyway, you know. Let's pray. <laughs> and they're singing hymns to God. And other prisoners were listening. And guess what? God was listening. What happened? Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Suddenly, what happened? There was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. They prayed at first. They were going to the place of prayer, cast the demon out. Now they're in prison, bleeding. And they're still praying. Praise the living God. Don't, I don't care what happens to you, don't quit praying. Amen. And the other prisoners were listening and so was God. Paul and Silas prayed and worshipped, and God set them free. And I'm telling you, if you'll pray and worship God, God will set you and your family free from demonic oppression. Yeah. Stephen, I was named after him. He was an early deacon. He was a martyr for Christ. And he was stoned to death just outside of Jerusalem. I've seen the place where he was stoned. And before he died, he quoted two phrases that Jesus spoke on the cross. It's very interesting. And I I just saw that this week as I was studying. You know, the good thing about the Bible is you'll never you'll always see something fresh in it. Man. I saw this, Brother Zach, I, I, I've read this, I don't know how many times, and so I'm sitting there looking at it, and so what he did when Stephen died, the, the first thing he said was the last thing Jesus said on the cross. And the last thing Stephen said was the first thing that Jesus said on the cross. I thought it was kind of cool. Maybe you all don't. Maybe you think that's, so what? I thought it was what? Amen. I thought it was good. Acts 7. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord. That's prayer. And he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Don't you remember when Jesus prayed the Psalms? Father, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. What did Jesus pray? The first thing out of his mouth on the cross, Father, forgive them. Say it with me. They know not what they do. I tell you what, he died praying. Is there a better way to die? Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. I know I'm in a Baptist church. I don't care. Amen. Amen. He triumphed over demons by praising the Lord, and you can too. Don't you be afraid of a devil. Don't you be afraid of a demon. The only one you're supposed to be afraid of is the fear of the Lord. And that's not really fear. It's reverence. And you ought to just have so much reverence for God that you don't have any room in there for fear of the devil. Praying Christians can still defeat demonic persecution. Number five, praying Christians win lost people to Jesus. The jailer, he was probably a retired Roman soldier And he was tough. But he was about to commit suicide because if anybody got out, if anybody got free, they would torture him and his family and kill them. So he's about to commit suicide, but he doesn't. Watch this. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. He drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We're all here. You know, the only other person I think... There was any happier than that guy was, you, you remember back when, when Isaac was on the altar and the angel said, stop! Don't you know Isaiah was praying, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. <laughs> stop! We're all here. Don't kill yourself. The jailer called for the lights, ran to the dungeon, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He was listening they were, talking, they were singing about salvation. They were talking about the Lord. They were talking about their problems. You know, if people just listen to you at lunch or someplace, what are they hearing? Are they hearing you complain about everything? Well, I don't like this. Oh, I can't believe this happened. Or are they hearing you praising God and giving glory to God and sharing the gospel? Let me tell you something, friend. You're witnessing to people when you don't even think they're looking or listening. They weren't doing it for a show. They didn't know anybody was listening. They were, it was just part of who they were. Whatever you do to me, I'm going to praise God. Amen. 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 They replied, you want to be saved? Believe. Say it with me. Believe. And don't just believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your whole family too everybody out there and your whole family and they shared the word of the Lord with him with all who lived in his household even at that hour of the night the jailer cared for them now he got saved he, he turned from an old crusty man to somebody's going to you know, put a bandaid on somebody he's caring for them washing their wounds he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized and by the way and I may really get in trouble here I hope you don't wait and make people wait to be baptized. Oh my soul, well we're going to see if you really mean it. Everybody in the New Testament, they got, they got saved, got baptized immediately. You know why? It's a picture of what happened to you in salvation. It's like putting on a wedding ring. You know, you know when I think people get they really get married is when not when the pastor says I now pronounce you. Oh no, they're they're already husband and wife when they you do their vows with one another. That's when they get married. And when you put the ring on, that's just a symbol that you're married. And baptism is a symbol of being married to Jesus and being saved. So the minute you get saved is the minute you put on the wedding ring of baptism. Amen. Amen. So I may be really messing somebody up, and maybe I don't know what y'all do here, but men, uh, don't do it wrong. All right. I'm just telling. All right. <laughs> baptize them. We had, I preached this yesterday. A guy got saved in the first service. He said, I believe what he said. He got, he got baptized in the second service. Amen. 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 We'll baptize you tonight. We'll run some water somewhere and dunk you. Amen. I guarantee it. We'll get you down. We'll hold you down. Amen. I'm coming. Where am I? <laughs> Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be saved with your whole house. And they shared the word of the Lord with him. All of them living in his household, even at that hour of the night, jailer cared for them, washed their wounds. And then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. There it is. He brought them into his house. He set a meal before them. He, he and, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. And don't you want to see stuff like that happen? Aren't you tired of reading about that stuff? Don't you? He said, that can't happen anymore. Yes, it can. (laughs) Jesus is the same. Say it with me. Yesterday, today, and forever. It's not Jesus' fault that this stuff isn't happening. Well, that's just the early age. Well, that's just a lame thought. That's what you just had. Amen. And God can do it today. We're not miracle mongers, but we've got a miracle God. Way bigger than what we're seeing, I'll tell you that. Well, I want to overcome demonic spirits through prayer, don't you? Five of you do, that's good. The rest of you, it's going to stay a punching bag for the devil, I guess. I'm, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. I've gotten tired of being beat up. I'm going to overcome demonic spirits through prayer. And you know what's going to happen? I'm going to attract demonic activity when I do that, and you will too. But you can take authority over demonic spirits, and you can face demonic persecution, and you can defeat demonic persecution, and you can win lost people to Jesus. And one more thing, and this is the last point. Go ahead, say it. You're thinking, amen, amen, right? I hear you out there thinking. Number six. Praying Christians walk in Christ-like confidence. Confidence. Not cockiness. Not arrogance. Confidence. Not confidence in themselves. Confidence in Jesus. Look at verse 35. City leaders, next morning, city officials sent the police. Verse 35. (coughs) Excuse me to tell the jailer, let those men go. In other words, yeah, we beat them and we did all our stuff, now just let them go. The jailer told Paul, said so the officials have, told, have said, you and Silas are free to leave, go in peace. Paul said, no way, Jose. That's, right. That's the Greek. <laughs> They've publicly beaten us without a trial and put us in prison. He drops the atom bomb. And we are Roman citizens. Whoa, everybody in Philippi is in trouble. Paul could have them arrested. They'd have to arrest themselves, amen. (laughs) So now, they want us to leave secretly? Certainly not. It's a double negative. No, no. (laughs) That ain't going to happen let them come themselves to release us. When the police reported this, the city officials were alarmed. That's the understatement of the day. To learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, so they came to the jail, they apologized to them, they brought them out, begged them to leave the city. And when Paul and Silas left the prison, they didn't head for the city limit. They went back to Lydia's house. Oh, Paul, you're my hero besides Jesus, amen. They returned to the home of Lydia. There they met with the believers, encouraged them once more. Then they left town. Then they left town. What you got going on there? Here's the deal. They didn't fear men because they feared God. Some of y'all are so afraid of what man can do to you. Get through with that thinking real quick. Because Jesus said, don't fear people who can't do anything to your soul. Fear the one who can not only damage you in life, but also send your soul to hell. That's who you need to fear. And the reason they did this was not because they were arrogant, but they wanted the church to survive. If they had not stood their ground, those officials would have persecuted that church until it wouldn't last. But because they knew that at any moment Paul could have a legal condemning against them, they backed down and the church at Philippi blew open because of the work of Paul and Silas. Can we give God glory and praise for that? Amen. Now, just say, okay, okay okay now what I tell you now what some of y'all don't pray you know if you love somebody you talk with them did you know that you talk with them not just to them but with them and when I'm gone like I I left whatever time we left noon whatever I've called on about three or four times I, just didn't, I like to hear her say, hey, baby, I, I like that. I like that. I like to talk to my wife. I, I love her. I, I love my brother Bill Street. I enjoy talking with him. And I love Zach. I enjoy talking with him. You love people, you talk with them. Amen. And you don't just talk to them, you talk with them. I, I love Randall and Jeannie. I pray for them every day and all their kids, and they pray for mine. and, and I love them. I enjoy talking to them. Well, if you love Jesus, shouldn't you enjoy talking with him? Shouldn't you enjoy talking with him? He said, Does he talk to you? God talks to me every day. He said, Really? What does he say? Whatever I read in the Bible, that's what he says. I can hear God talk out loud because I can read my Bible out loud. Amen. Every time I read the Bible out loud, God's just talking to me. Talk to me this morning out of four different texts. I, I read the Bible through in about nine months. And then I go back and I read it again. I've been doing that for years. I Got my own little system. And I'm not trying to brag. I'm just trying to say I hear God when I read the Bible. And there are some times when I'm just quiet before the Lord, I'll feel a prompting of the Holy Spirit to do something. And like, like today, I mean, I felt led of the Lord to witness to somebody Today, you say, well, how do you know it was the Lord? Well, the devil didn't tell me to witness to him. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I, I didn't, I'm, I'm too selfish. I didn't tell myself to witness to him. I, the Lord, if, listen, if, if you feel led to, to witness somebody, that's the Holy Ghost. Amen. Just go on and do it. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I, I, I don't have everything figured out, but I got this figured out. Life is better when you pray than when you don't. And so I've decided years ago, but especially about seven or eight years ago, I don't really know what it was, but I just got to the point in my life where I said, God, either this stuff is real, or I, you know, we might as well just close shop. I want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I upped my prayer life and started praying. You say, how do you learn how to pray? By praying. By praying. By praying. And the more you do it, the better it is. So, how do you end a sermon like this? i tell you how I want to end it. And I appreciate your pastor giving me liberty to do this. I want us just to stand up, no music, if that's all right. It's not that I don't love music, I love music. But I don't want that right now. I want you just to bow your head, if you will. How many of you would would just say, please pray for me. I would like to have a more disciplined, devoted prayer life. Anybody out there, just raise your hand. You say, I would like to have a more disciplined, devoted prayer life. All right. Keep your hands up. There's nothing wrong with that in a Baptist church. Nothing wrong with that. Father, I've I've got my hand up, Lord. I want to have a deeper walk with you. And Lord, I don't even know all that that entails. But I'm like Paul. I want to know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your sufferings being made conformable unto you unto death. And Lord, I, I pray that we will pray. I pray that Enon Baptist Church would be a house of prayer. Let's all pray that. I pray that Enon Baptist Church would be a house of prayer. Now pray this. I pray that my family will be a house of prayer. Say that out loud. I pray that my family will be a house of prayer. Now touch your body and say, I pray that I will be a house of prayer. Say that out loud. I pray that I will be a house of prayer. If you're married and your spouse is next to you, hold him or her by the hand and say, I want my marriage to be a house of prayer. Say it out loud. I want my marriage to be a house of prayer. Oh, God, you're hearing us. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would bless now this time. Now, what I'm going to ask you to do without any music, and we're not going to stay here long, but I, I want, Zach, I want you to come here and stand with me. And I want, um, and Kimberly, you come stand with, where did she go? She got, okay, that's, that's okay. You come stand with me. And I just want you to slip out. You say, I want to go to a new level of obedience in my prayer life. And I want my church, and you may not be a, a member of and that's fine. You say, I want my church to be a house of prayer. I want you to come as close to the altar as you can and just come right now. Please. We don't have a lot of time. So if you're going to do this, just go ahead and let's do it. And come on, come on, come on up. If, if you can, physically come up on the platform to make room for anybody that wants to come, okay? I want to be, I want my body to be a house of prayer. Yeah. I want my marriage to be a house of prayer. I want my church to be a house of prayer. Yes. I want my... Physical home to be a house of prayer.: Yes.: Yes, Jesus. No prayer, no power, no anointing. Yeah. Come right on up if you'd like to come. If you don't want to, that's fine, just make room for other people if you'd like to come because there's a lot of people coming. Yeah You know, 120 people prayed for 10 days, and the spirit of God fell from heaven, and the world has never been the same. Yeah on the day of Pentecost. Yeah, Now, I'm not a Pentecostal, all right? But I do believe in the power of God. Yeah. And I, I've got friends that are Pentecostals. In fact, y'all may not know, but y'all sung two or three songs a night written by Pentecostals, all right? Okay. <laughs> Charity Gale wrote sang several of those songs, okay? We had her in our church, a delightful, precious sister in the Lord, putting out some of the best music there is. But anyway, I, I just want us to bow our heads... And let's just all pray out loud right now and ask God to teach us not just how to pray, but to teach us to pray. And that our homes would be houses of prayer. Our bodies would be houses of prayer. Our marriages would be houses of prayer. Our families would be houses of prayer. And oh, please, our churches would be houses of prayer let's just pray, let's pray out loud right now everybody just pray right now everybody pray at one time it's all right just pray father cry out to God teach us, Lord people just cry out to God now I don't want to, I don't want to just keep on pushing you but Bible says in first Timothy 2:8 When you pray, you can lift holy hands to God. So if you want to lift holy hands to God while you're praying, do that, all right? It's totally biblical. It's in the Bible. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Just keep praying. Keep praying. We're only going to be here another minute or two, but let's pray. We've had singing. We've had preaching. It's time to pray. Cry out to God. We've got elections tomorrow. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. We don't need a political fix. We need a spiritual power is what we need. That's way more important. But we do need to pray for every part of our government. Now with your heads bowed just for a second. How many of you have some type of sickness in your body? Just raise your hand. Anybody out there? I've got my hand up. I've had myasthenia gravis for 22 years. I'm better, but still got it. Okay. I want us to pray for them right now. Let's, everybody just pray right now for healing for these people. All right? Pray right now. Just say, what do I pray? You pray for them to be healed. That's exactly what James 5 says. Pray for them like you'd want somebody to pray for your child. All right? If your child... Was sick and had cancer. How would you want somebody to pray for them? That's how you need to pray for these people right now. Pray with passion. Father, I pray that you would heal them and they will be healed. Save them and they will be saved. You are their praise. In all respects, may they prosper, be in good health just as their souls prosper. And Lord, use medicine, miracle, or both. We don't care, but we are asking for healing. We thank you for doctors and all that, but there's only so much that they can do, go beyond all man could do, and heal people, dear God. Lord, heal them, heal us, heal me, heal all of us, Lord God, that need healing. You are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer, and we praise you and we pray dear God that you would miraculously heal all for your glory not for any preacher not for any church but just for Jesus and Lord would you save people how many of you know that lost people need to be saved raise your hand raise your hand raise your hand let's pray for lost people right now oh God convict them of sin and righteousness and judgment help them to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved help them to repent and return to you that their sins may be washed away that times of refreshing may come from your presence oh Lord Save them. Let them call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. How many of you know of marriages that are messed up right now? Does anybody know anybody that? All right, Father, I pray that you'll bring healing to marriages and to homes. God, I pray that you would restore everything that the locusts have eaten in those marriage. And I pray, dear God, that every curse that has come upon them, that you would turn it into a blessing, dear God, and that the husbands would love their wives like Christ loved the church, gave himself for it, love them like their own bodies, love them like their, themselves, live with them in an understanding way as with an asthenia vessel, and grant them honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that their prayers will not be hindered. And I pray that the wives will love their husbands, submit to them, love them, care for them, and respect them. Oh, God, bless our families. Bless the children. Let them obey the parents, and let the parents lovingly lead their children. Oh, God, let your families in America, let, let the Spirit of God come upon us, dear God. Yes. Father, bless this church. Bless every church. Lord, Bless Gardendale's First Baptist Church. Bless this church, all the churches that preach the gospel in this area. Oh, God in heaven, we pray for a mighty outpouring of your spirit, dear God. We pray, dear God, that the the prince of darkness would retreat from this area, dear God. In the name of Jesus, we pray for teenagers to be saved. We pray for alcoholism to be abolished. We pray for drugs to be abolished, Lord. Pharmakeia, we bind every spirit of that in the name of Jesus through his shed blood by the power of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God, we plunder that property, we plunder those houses, we loosen their stead, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God, do a work in this area, and Lord, every other prayer. God, just, just please, please help us to be houses of prayer. Walking around, just our individual body, let our bodies be houses of prayer. Oh, God, do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen.
1: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Get right here
0: and let's all lay hands on him and pray for him. All right, I'll come in here, lay hands on him, and then people lay hands on y'all, and we'll all be laying hands on him. All right, here we go. <laughs> Just come in, put, pull in, pull in. Let's all pray for him out loud right now. Out loud, right Jesus, now, right pray now. now. Pray for Zach.
1: I pray Lord, in the Lord,
0: name Lord, of Jesus pray that pray you would fill him with the Holy, Holy Ghost. God. Use him for your glory, dear God. Preach through him. Wear him like a glove, dear God. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would bless this young man. Fill him with the Holy Spirit. Instruct him and teach him in the way that he should go. Guide him with your eye upon him. Be his hedge. Be his shield. Lord God, put a protective hedge around him. Thank you for it. Father, we pray for Pastor Reno. God, I thank you for him. And I just thank you, Lord God that you pulled him out of the miry clay, set his feet on a rock, put a new song in his heart, a song of praise to his God. And may the latter glory of his life be greater than the former. And Lord God, let the Spirit of God fall upon him and use him in a mighty way for the glory of Jesus Christ. I pray that hundreds, if not thousands of people will be saved right here. (laughs) Lord, I pray that people will be healed here. I pray that demons will be driven out of people here. And I pray that revival would come to this, not just this church, this church for one thing, yes, but to this region, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Do exceeding abundantly beyond all we can ask or think. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's praise God right now. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.